the Winnipeg Jets are probably the best team situated to take advantage of a trade deadline market for the NHL that this year might be a buyer's market. A lot of teams are looking to jettison cap hits, maybe some rental players, maybe even some guys with term. And you know what the Jets have? Cap space. And they're going to have a lot of it in just a few weeks. We'll dive into who the Jets might be after and who might be on the way out on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, uh, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, like I said at the top of the episode, when it comes to teams that are currently looking at the trade deadline market, squads that have a variety of needs and teams that have cap space, who do you think actually has maybe the best combination of everything, plus some really nice assets to give away? If you answer the Winnipeg Jets, you'd be, well, right on the money. There aren't many teams that I think are in Winnipeg's position of looking at long-term-wise uh, a lot of cap space, the ability to not only trade for players, but also extend them should they want to stick around, and the kind of trade ad- assets that teams really uh, you know, f- foam at the mouth for. I think when you look at what Lucius and Lambert have done, uh, the, the hype in some ways around Vili Heinola, especially for teams that like his style of aggressive puck movement, maybe even some folks who would be after Dylan Sandberg, there's a lot to like on this Jets roster in terms of young talent that I think a lot of NHL teams would very much give just about whatever it was uh, on their rental side of things to have, right? You know, if you can swap out a player who's on the way out and is kind of towards the end of his prime for some young players who might contribute to your future core, obviously you're thinking about it and you're really looking to invest in the future. But for the Jets, right, the future really is like the next two years. After that, this team is going to look very different. Winnipeg is going to have potentially a like a overhaul of the core, maybe a a really big shakeup in the leadership. This this squad is going to have players who may or may not retire. You might see some guys shipped out to other teams. All in all, you know, the Jets over the next two years, I would say this is what I've called kind of their last, like, uh, I, I guess, um, hooray, their last big party. This is kind of this core's swan song, if you will. And so for the Jets, like I've said in the past, this is the year that you really want to make hay because you look at the West, and there just aren't many teams that really scare you. I mean, the Avs got dusted by uh, Tampa Bay last night. Winnipeg is currently on on holiday, basically, for at least another few hours until tomorrow when they finally return. But, you know, a lot of the teams around the NHL, especially in the Western Conference and the Central Division, 
they're not really that strong this year. And so the Jets have a really wide open pathway towards um, a, a deep playoff run. And I think for me, you know, the links to Timo Meyer with Shevel Dayoff attending the Sharks game, uh, Merrick and Friedman now mentioning uh, James Van Riemsdyk as a potential option for the Jets. To me, we're starting to see Winnipeg lining up its ducks in a row. Max Domi linked, Nick Ritchie linked. Apparently, there's some talk about maybe another defender potentially being an option. That one, though, I, I tend to file more in the um, nice-to-have sort of pile, right? Because Winnipeg's defensive core, generally speaking, has actually too many bodies. If anything, you know, maybe the Jets would want to opt for a right-sided defender or maybe like a Luke Shen or something. Gavrikov, apparently, they have maybe expressed some interest in. I don't really know if that's all that accurate, but suffice to say the Jets have so many options. And because they're not a team like New Jersey or Carolina, a lot of squads that have a lot of term and a decent amount of cap hits uh, locked in for the long term, that gives the Jets a lot more flexibility. And already they've been banking cap space heading towards a trade deadline with just about everyone off of IR. Uh, I don't know if they're still banking it just because I know Gustafson is currently on IR. But um, aside from that, you know, the Jets were at one point projected to have close to $7 million in cap space once the deadline rolls around. So the Jets are sitting pretty. And what's even better is that because some teams are kind of jumping the gun early for big rentals. That means a lot of players like JVR and Domian, guys of that ilk, might fall towards the wayside and be a lot cheaper in just a few weeks. But for Winnipeg, you know, priority number one is figuring out where you stand on Timo Meyer. New Jersey, Carolina, Vegas to an extent, all of these teams are considered front runners for Meyer's services. But the more that the Jets have started to become linked and discussed, the more I think people are realizing that. Winnipeg, amongst all of the teams out there, might have the best uh, trade deadline situation of any squad. Now, at the same time, I think Winnipeg is going to try and figure out how to consolidate some of their longer term deals, right? Uh, Nate Schmidt, Neil Pionk, a lot of these players who are, are decent in a number of areas, but maybe aren't quite, you know, what you would expect to get out of like a five or six million dollar contract. The Jets have decisions to make. You know, do they want to send these players on to new homes as part of these deals? Will that make the return uh, a bit less than you'd hope? Would the Jets even be able to pull it off without giving up, you know, top end prospects? Obviously, I think Meyer's going to cost an arm and a leg, but, you know, it's going to be worth it at the end of the day. So, in just a little bit, I kind of want to dive into uh, which players I kind of see on the balance sheet, who might be coming in and who might be outgoing. And we'll dive into whether or not, you know, this is really the best path forward for the Jets and how you might orient some of the lines once you have acquired these players. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners that I mentioned at the top of the episode at uh, FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports uh, betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and super easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to how many touchdowns your favorite QB is going to be tossing. If you are betting on Mahomes or Jalen Hurts, I personally might give the edge to Jalen Hurts if you're looking at a head-to-head. -head. Maybe you're wondering about the over-under on like four TDs per QB. Uh, with Mahomes' ankle kind of a question, 
that one you might have to wonder about, but we've all seen Patrick just do superhuman stuff, so really hard to bet against him, but I still think Jalen Hurts might prevail in most of these statistical categories. The Eagles are just a juggernaut this year, so we'll see if I'm wrong. Maybe Kansas City has yet another surprise uh, a la Andy Reid style. But no matter who you're betting on, FanDuel is safe, secure, and easy to use. And best of all, you can get your winnings paid instantly. Who doesn't love a little instant gratification? Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are, of course, talking about Winnipeg's trade deadline and why the Jets are uniquely positioned to become maybe the, the powerhouse of the trade deadline if they play their cards right. Looking at Winnipeg's current roster needs and, and sort of where the team is at, it's clear that the top six is pretty decent but they need one more really skilled player to kind of take it to that next level. But the bottom six also kind of needs a bit of a refresh. You look at the depth lines and like Menelainen, um, Stenland, Janssen Fialbi, a lot of these guys aren't quite providing the sort of value that you really need them to. AJF is like fine in isolation, but Stenland hasn't really been doing it for me. Um, Mendelainen for me is really energetic, but I'm not really seeing enough from him to be a consistent player uh, that I would want to ice other than like a 13th forward to rotate in. Carson Kuhlman kind of in the same uh, boat. You have a lot of energy players who are very good four checkers, maybe even have some, uh, you know, some upside and skill here and there. But for the most part, what they're doing is, you know, depth duty. And I think if you really want to be a true contender against a team like Boston or um, Tampa Bay or Toronto, you need extra firepower in those depth positions. And so I think for the Jets, you know, the first player, obviously Timo Meyer. Uh, the second one that I think Winnipeg could realistically acquire is, um, of course, JVR. Now, I think the question with the Flyers, right, is are they going to try and foist like uh, Ivan Provorov or maybe even Travis Sanheim? Uh, I, I don't know if Sanheim is even available. At one point, Travis was one of the most exciting young defenders in the NHL. I think his stardom has kind of cooled off a bit, but, you know, with his contract situation being the way it is, I don't really think he would be the kind of player the Jets would be interested in. I would, however, have considerable interest more on the offensive side of things if we're looking at maybe a Travis Konechny. Konechny, for me, aside from JVR, has been one of those really unsung attackers for the Flyers that I think continually gets overlooked despite being very productive. I think he plays with a nasty little edge that the Jets would probably love. Uh, he has kind of like that pesty, like pesky nature. And I think that sort of thing maybe doesn't endear him to his opponents, but certainly makes him popular for uh, the, the team that he's playing for. And Konechny, you know, many years ago was a super dynamic prospect, someone who had a great shot, great passing, and was a really exciting young player. You know, this year he's had like 49 points in 47 games. So it's not like he has really diminished his star. He remains one of the top scorers on this Flyers team. He's really lighting it up this year. He's generally been somewhere between a half a point to a point per game, which, you know, obviously shows a decent amount of variance over the last several years. But I think if you get Konechny into Winnipeg, he's easily going to slide into your top six, probably be an elite second liner 
and kind of like that that parallel to um kyle connor right a great finisher a great setup man maybe lacks a little bit on the defensive side of things but i do think he'll have more of a four checking presence and with this jets power play needing a little bit more of a boost i think Konechny would be an amazing ad now i don't know what his price would be but i have to imagine it'd be pretty expensive uh jvr you you probably are actually almost getting paid to take on just because his cap hit and salary uh you know for some teams might be a little bit eye-watering i think jvr's contract in particular uh is very favorable salary wise but cap hit wise you know you're gonna have to have some retained uh salary there so the jets i i think are in a really good position to add someone from the flyers i think that there are some needs that philadelphia might be interested in maybe lower round picks if you're talking about jbr maybe you look at a bigger trade package uh, of like stanley or um i don't know some like a like a like a first or something for connectney obviously a big package maybe an appleton or a harkins or something gets moved i think for the flyers you really want like a heinola or a lambert or a lucius as part of this deal uh connectney is a great great player but you know if i'm paying that much right I'm very much still focused on Timo Meyer. I think that for me is kind of the, the the name that I'm circling. And if it's between him and like a Debrinket or a, a Konechny, obviously it's it's Meyer for me, then Debrinket. Um, and and Konechny is really not far behind. But I I would question just how much you want to throw at Travis, uh, you know, versus trying to really go for it all with Timo Meyer. I think this is probably the year for Winnipeg to kind of just blow the vaults open and, and really spend for that one elite piece that puts them over the edge. And Timo seems like he might be down for it. I don't know. The fact that, you know, Shovel Day Off was in San Jose does indicate that there's some real smoke. Uh, and where there's smoke, there does tend to be a fire. But I don't know how big that fire is. Let's hope that for the Jets, it means that we're getting uh, Turbo Timo Meyer here in just a few weeks, maybe even sooner. But if the Jets have to settle for a Konechny or a Debrinket, you could certainly do worse. I just kind of wonder how many players and prospects it's going to take for some guys who do have some term uh, or are RFAs and are looking for pretty big money deals coming up pretty soon. Now, I mentioned that there are going to be some players that I think are exiting the organization, and we'll talk about who those players are in just a moment. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We're just going to close out now real quick with some thoughts on which Winnipeg Jets might not be long for this team after the trade deadline. I think that there are some very clear names that are certainly on the chopping block, and I'm not going to be upset if it's for the right acquisition, right? Obviously, we have plenty of guys who work really hard, some amazing, talented uh, prospects and really fun players who I think in a few years could potentially become a really important part of either Winnipeg's future core or somebody else's. And speaking of somebody else's core, I think these guys are probably the most likely names for me that might be on the way out. The first name is got to be Vili Heinola. I think Vili has kind of played his his way out of the Jets and not through as much of a fault of his own as it is Winnipeg having a really complicated roster situation thanks to signing all of and trading for all of these D who kind of play on the same side. Heinola has always been viewed as an undersized smaller defender with poor defending skills and I don't know that that's necessarily uh, the entire truth, but I think, you know, in terms of um, <clears throat> traditionally how the Jets have played, Heinola was a poor fit. 
Now, under bonus, I think there's a lot of opportunity for growth, but because of his waiver status, he's going to continually be moved down until he's no longer, uh, you know, protected by the ELC. I I am kind of like dreading that day because the Jets are going to have to decide, you know, before then what they want to do with him. Billy himself has expressed through his agent that he's not happy, you know, kind of playing a bit part in being on the sidelines. I think he sees so many, so many players like, you know, Pionk and Stanley um, and to a much lesser extent, you know, Schmidt or, or uh, Sandberg making mistakes, getting caught out and struggling while he does some of the same stuff and immediately gets lambasted by the coaching staff or the fan base for it. So I think, for Billy, it just might be a time for change of scenery. I think he'll go to a team, you know, and end up kind of doing the use of Alamaki thing where he'll become one of the analytic starlings of the NHL in whatever pairing he's in. But I just don't think that with how the Jets are going to use him and with what their likely situation is when they're trying to trade for a team of Meyer, that he's going to be hanging around for much longer. And maybe that's for the best. I don't know that he'll ever really reach his potential with the Jets. Um, and certainly his his stardom and star power might have diminished over the years. But I still think, you know, even at the age of 21, he's a phenomenal prospect and somebody that I think could become a really good NHLer in a couple of seasons. But he's not the only guy that I think is on the way out. Jansen Harkins, I think, is also probably a player who's going to get tossed and do a deal. Jansen has always kind of been a phenomenal AHL scorer, but in terms of the NHL production, he'll have a few really strong games and then tail off and kind of look more like a fourth liner, right? And I I think for the Jets, he's sort of that roster player who occupies an interesting middle six option, but not somebody that you're committed to. And I think for the, you know, for the opposing teams that might be trading for Harkins, you're getting a decent serviceable guy who sometimes looks like a bonafide top sixer, sometimes looks like he doesn't know what's going on. So Really hard to figure out what Harkins will do best for uh, another team, but I just I feel like he doesn't really have a role with Winnipeg, and they don't want to make one for him. I wouldn't mind him in like a fourth line role alongside like Gustafson or something, but I think that time has probably come and gone for the Jets. One other player who might be on the way out is Mason Appleton. I think Appleton has kind of been a little bit in and out. Obviously, he's been injured for most of this season, but in previous years, you saw him kind of be compared to like Andrew Kopp. And then those comparisons kind of were curtailed because you saw that he wasn't nearly as good at driving play, didn't have quite the same level of offensive impact, and was just a little bit more of a complimentary piece than Cop was, and and Andrew could kind of drive play in his prime a a lot more consistently. So I think for me, Appleton might just be moved because his cap hit is kind of sizable for what he brings, and the Jets need all the space that they can get, especially if they're chasing some really big fish. Uh, as far as like the crown jewel prospects are concerned, though, you know, which of those players are, are on the way out? I would say Lambert might be the first guy just because Brad is healthy right now. He has extremely dynamic talent and, you know, Winnipeg would probably be more comfortable letting him go rather than Chaz Lucius. If I were the Jets, you know, it's a really tough call because Lambert has uh, obviously a lot of development to do. And while his ceiling is very high, his floor is pretty low. He might never be a, a truly dynamic top six scorer, but I have I have confidence in him. I think he will eventually become a great player. With Lucius, I have more question marks, primarily just because of his health. He's been very unlucky in having three injuries to three different areas, but you know one of them was to the same area later on, and so I, I sort of wonder, you know, if Chaz isn't able to recover this time around, what will his you know career look like? 
because we know that his talent is phenomenal. He's one of the most dynamic American prospects out there, just one of the most dynamic attacking prospects in general. And, you know, just before he got injured, he was absolutely destroying the CHL. So it's really a shame that he went down, especially needing surgery. And I do think it's going to make teams a little bit wary about trading for him. But, you know, he and Lambert, those are kind of your two crown jewels to offer. And I think at least one of them isn't going to be a jet uh, by the time the March de- trade deadline rolls around. Let me know who you think on this team is going to be on the way out. Do you think Pionk might finally uh, find a new home? Do you think Stanley is going to be moved? Drop your thoughts in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day. As always, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. But for tonight's episode, we are done. We will see you folks next week with some thoughts on Winnipeg's game against the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.